It's the Between You and Me podcast from KAXE, where we get a chance to listen to some of the best of the morning show interviews. I'm Heidi Holton with Chelsea Perkins. Hey, Chelsea. Hi, Heidi. Okay, so it's Between You and Me here. I got a chance to sneak in a conversation with Mary Casanova. She was on a tour of the Arrowhead Library System. She's written over 40 books for kids, you know, this mix of children's books and chapter books and young adult books. And it was just so fun to talk with her about kind of, the, she's she was speaking at the libraries about the writing process. So just a little bit different take instead of promoting one of her new books or something. Right. I love talking about the writing process. I mean, it. it's just one of those things that will suck me in no matter <laughs> what yeah. my state of mind is or who is talking about it. It's, it's one of my uh, wheelhouses. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things I love asking authors, like if a, you know, if a name really stands out, a character name, like I'm like, how did you come to this? We had a book on earlier this week. And I didn't get a chance to ask it. Jan Latimer did most of the interview, but she had a character in it called, her name was Mary Pancake. <laughs> I'm like, that. there's got to be a story there. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, everything is eventually intentional. May not be at first, but then you find out there's a reason that it came to be and all of that. And so she, one of her big things, and this is going to hold true for any of the journalism and the work that we do here, is strong beginnings. Yeah. I listened to your conversation before coming in today to, to introduce this and I'm right there with you. If, if a book can't hook me in the first chapter, even sometimes the first few pages, I'm not going to keep going. Yeah. My grandma, on the other hand, is someone who if she starts a book, she will finish it no matter how much she hates it. I can't do that. I have too many books and too little time. I know. I don't think it's worth it. I think there's so many other things. And I mean, I get defiant. They need to hook me. Mm -hmm. That's that's all there is to it. And she talked about like, you're not going to describe a place in that first sentence. Like, it's going to be a, it's going to be maybe dialogue. It's going to be something that like, you go, what? What does that mean? It makes you chuckle a little bit by the first line. I used to have, and I'm going to look it up as we talk here. One of my, do you have any favorite first lines of books? Do you remember? Oh, I not the one, not something I could come up with right off the bat. I mean, I certainly have had lots of books I've read where I've been like, "All right, I'm in," you know. Um, but not any that I could just roll off my tongue. So for me, when I was in college at the University of Minnesota, it was the first time I was exposed to Barbara Kingsolver's work, and you know, it's her early her early stuff. And I've read a couple of her books. A couple of times because I really loved, especially her early stuff. I like the stuff she writes now, but um, these were more character driven. And I would say she's got a much more ecological bent now in what she does, which I like. But um, I sort of miss the days of, of what she, uh, how she used to write. But I was hoping I could find it here because here I'm bragging about how it stuck with me and I can't remember. But this is a long time ago that I was in college. Oh, here it is. I have been afraid of putting air in a tire ever since I saw a tractor tire blow up and throw Newt Hardbine's father over the top of the standard oil sign. <laughs> that is a killer first line. I think of it every time I put air in my tire. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> we just go, I should read the bean trees again. <laughs> and we've got a you know pithy name in there, Newt Hardbine. Are you kidding me? Right. Uh, 
No, I, you know, well, as a journalist, of course, probably the most important part of your story is the lead. So it's, it's similar, you know, Mm -hmm. but um, I took a writing class last winter that was all virtual. It was sort of during COVID. So it was more a virtual focus, but it was with Candace Simar, who is an author based in Pequot Lakes. And she has been published many times. She writes Westerns. If you're not familiar with her, that's sort of her historical, I should say, not just Westerns, but um, definitely someone who you want to take advice from, right? She sold some books. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things that stuck with me from that course was the idea that every single word in your book has a job, has a purpose. If it doesn't, it should not be in there. Um, She talked about, you know, dialogue and sometimes people get just way too wordy in dialogue. And you don't, in a book, you don't include the things that you would say in real life. Like, you're not going to have the whole, Mm -mm. how are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? Oh, did you go for a walk with the dog yesterday? I mean, (laughs) none of that. You need to have some. Cut to the point. Right. Exactly. You just, people fill that in. They, they know that there's regular conversation happening, but it's not interesting enough to elevate to, to being mm-hmm. on the page, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I feel like that in my background in radio producing. Like, I don't always get to do um, a lot of production because of the amount of stuff that I'm putting out. So a lot of times it's just an interview. But if I do have time to produce something, I kind of love that moment where I can make a statement and then someone is filling it in with some uh, with an audio clip. Instead of like when I began in radio, I would do something like, um, you know, Chelsea Perkins says that strong sentence, you know, strong first sentences are important. And then I would have strong sentences are important in your voice, you mm-hmm. know. But I love I love kind of figuring out how to put all those things together because even though it's not exactly writing it's writing to me it's 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 how my job can be really creative you know but also be within the boundaries of what I need to do for being on the radio have you ever written any fiction yeah yeah fiction you would share with the wide world not yet no (laughs) no um yeah not a lot I mean I've written some stories taken some writing classes I've done some I had a couple things published just like a poem and um, an essay one time that was kind of about when I had moved back to Brainerd from the Twin Cities and how kind of jarring that was to be 29 years old and back in your hometown. And I know you understand that sort of thing, too. But, you know, it's funny because John Bauer asked us during the membership drive about we were doing a what we're reading live conversation and he just kind of butted in to be honest and just said, <laughs> if you guys ever been you guys want to write and he just went around and asked us which I'm going to say you know the butt in thing I told him not to butt in but yet he butted in but anyway this is the podcast so you get to hear that <laughs> um I think it must have gotten me thinking though because when Mary Casanova getting back to our interview you're going to hear she was talking about she's been doing since the she started in the pandemic this young writer's workshop. And because a lot of what Mary does is so connected to place and land and her being outside, she does a young, so ninth to 12th grade, if you're going into ninth to 12th grade um, girls, and it's on an island on Rainy Lake. It's like a four day thing with food and walking and, you know, all this stuff and a lot of writing. So I was, I thought that was fascinating. Like I would have loved to have done that if I had had the opportunity. But then she said, you know what, in my library tour, 
I have adult women saying, why can't you do that for us? And then she started talking and she said, July, and we might do that. And I was like, July this year? And she's like, yes. Why? You know, and I said, oh, because I'm kind of interested in that. Now, I don't know, but I that's okay. I'm going to just entertain the possibility that if not this year, some year, I could do something like that to kind of just jumpstart my own creativity. I am slightly terrified of fiction writing despite the fact that I try not to be I mean that course I took with Candace was a fiction it was focused on fiction Mm -hmm. there was people in there who were maybe doing more memoir style um, but I don't know why it I I, I try to get I've been trying to get over that because I do feel like I have some stories in me I mean Having been a journalist, I mean, it's how many fiction writers start off as journalists, right? You you are observing human nature close up a lot and coming across a lot of interesting scenarios along the way. Um, you know, life is stranger than fiction, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I think what freaks me out the most about it is that when I'm writing a, a journalism piece, I already know the conclusion. I already know... Um, the characters, I already know all of that. I am just presenting it in a way that it's hopefully interesting, engaging, well-written. But when I'm writing, the idea of writing fiction and not knowing who those characters are, having to come up with all of that whole cloth, it's like paralyzing for the perfectionist in me. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I think this sounds like a control issue yes. for you. But here's here's what I will tell you. You just have to figure something that's going to unlock your job as journalist, right? And I don't know what that is. It might be place. It might be the new notebook. It might, you know, some something. But I think what you just have to realize, because you've been a reader your whole life, you know how stories are told mm-hmm. already. Like I think a lot of times people just get so in love with like, I want to publish a book. And they actually are not really big writers or readers or any of that. They like have some idea that they're going to get famous as a writer. And that does not happen very often. Have you ever heard of Who Killed the Cat? No. It's this um, book. It was originally written for theater, but then they made a novel version. But it's the idea that Almost every successful story over all of humankind has a very similar pattern. Yes. Cinderella being a perfect example of it, where you you reach peaks of uh, tension right. and and there's new characters introduced at certain points. And I think I it's, a, it's like a Hallmark movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was immediately like, "Ugh, no! I don't need a template. That what is that? That's not creativity. Right. I want to create my own template every time." Right. But then I read that book and I was absolutely enamored by the idea of like, oh my God, I think I could do this. I just got to apply this thing to what ideas I have going on in my head. And it doesn't have to be exact, but to have that framework to know like when you need to build the tension and all of those things was like freeing in a way. Yeah, I think so. I've had... I think it's probably thousands of conversations with authors over the years because I used to do just a specific book show that was weekly that featured two to three each week. And it could go either way. I would ask them about the writing process. Some charted it out, especially you would think that all mystery writers would chart that out and know what was going on. But it was surprising how many didn't. Like they wanted to surprise themselves. But I think for you, because you come from this journalism background, 
like maybe you would love that the charting out of something then let yourself be free with little parts of it within it but i can imagine i don't know i'm imagining you in a room with big things on the wall and you you writing stuff out and figuring out <laughs> where's the tension what's the big tension of this and what's this and you know and then going back and seeing if you can fit it fit the story within that Right. And, you know, a lot of those same principles are applied to journalistic writing, too. Yeah. I mean, you want to you don't want to give away the the whole story right off the bat, you know. Right. So coming up, listen to our conversation with Mary Casanova. It's the Between You and Me podcast. KEXE, we focus on writers and authors and the writing process from time to time, especially when it comes to Minnesota writers. Mary Casanova is a Northern Minnesota writer. She is award-winning. She's written over 40 books, and those include picture books as well as chapter books and novels for young adults. Mary is at the end of her tour of the Arrowhead Library System this week, and I had a chance to check in with her and ask her about what libraries mean to her. I always feel like I'm coming home when every time I step into a library. When I travel just uh, wider, even outside of the state, I gauge a community by its library. You know, like, oh, could I live here? What's the library like? So libraries are really a central part of my life. And, and I love showing up at libraries because you get a little representation of the whole community. Kids show up, elderly folks show up maybe able-bodied, but maybe maybe folks with disabilities as well. You know, it's just a real mix. Interesting, you're talking about the writing process in these visits. One of the things that's listed there is strong beginnings. And until I read that, I was like, mm -hmm. I didn't realize how important that is to me as a reader. Mm -hmm. It's almost like every time I open a book, I'm like, okay, can you do it? Can you get me into this? <laughs> Absolutely. That's I'm the same kind of reader. You know, I think I used to blame myself if I couldn't get through a book if it if it lagged somehow or just didn't hold my attention. I mean, my daughter would have said, you know, Mom, you have ADHD, and, and maybe I do, <laughs> but um, but I do write for the kind of reader I am, and I because I'm so active and outdoorsy, I I really need a story that will hold my attention and pull me in from the first page. So as a writer, I'm always thinking about the reader that might be a little bit like me. And I feel like it's my responsibility to get their attention and hold it. That that's my job. That means I work really hard on my on openings, on the first few chapters. I circle back over and over again. That's where the most revision takes place for me to make sure that I'm not divulging in like lovely description, which there is a place for lovely description. But a reader still needs to know, but why should I care? Why should I turn the page? What's at stake for this character? So I do like to talk about my process, both um, just for anybody who's interested as a reader, how a writer goes about that, but also for writers that show up and, um, any, and any kids, especially, they have to write at school. And I usually get a wealth of, uh, I get homeschool kids that show up during a, the weekday and also writers who are like, I, I write a lot. And I said, well, you're a writer. You have, first step is claiming that you're a writer. If you're writing a lot, that's what you do. That can be your identity. Was that like you? Did you write early in life? Did you know you wanted to be a writer? I had no clue until high school. I grew up in St. Paul. I went to a school with 800 in my graduating class. 
But more importantly, or more significantly, I grew up in a family with 10 kids, fourth out of 10, seven brothers, two sisters. And in that big family, I realized not until I was in high school when I started to write essays and started to communicate, uh, maybe in a Russian history class, a political science class, I was communicating through an essay and realized, wow, words are really powerful. This is a way for me to communicate more deeply, actually have a conversation with the reader, whoever that is, a teacher, a friend, a parent. Um, and that's when I started to say to myself, I, this is what writing's about. I want to, I want in, I want to be, I want to make this my job. And I guess I would be an author someday, but totally clueless on, on what kind, what my field would be, how to go about it. Uh, so I, I really learned the hard way, just knocking my head against the wall and many rejections and going to writers conferences and learning from other authors and uh, picking other people's brains. And so, um, yeah, that's a big part of, of my path. You live on the, near the border of Canada and Minnesota and Rainier. Did you know that growing up in St. Paul, did you always want to live up north? You know, I, I was very influenced by two sets of grandparents who had cabins up north. You know, this was an era when you didn't have to have a lot of money to have a lake cabin. My grandparents weren't wealthy people. They had small homes um, up north, and then they had a little lake cabin somewhere. And as a kid, we would pile into a station wagon, drive north with all 10 kids and the family dog, and we would head to a cabin either on Elbow Lake um, near Cook or a cabin on Eagle's Nest Lake near Ely. And those those um, week or two-week experiences every summer just shaped my love of the North Woods, and it's why I live up, not up north now. After college, my husband and I were like, well, we could keep going north on weekends, but what if we just lived up north? That's what we'd love to do. And so um, we've actually moved from Rainier, where we raised our kids, to a little quieter place now in the country on 60 acres and a little a little cabin, kind of what we first dreamed of when we were thinking about moving up north. So, Mary, you're on, you're finishing up this tour of libraries. In terms of your books, what's what's next for you? What Because you do picture books, young adult books, chapter books. Uh, both. I'm I'm continuing to explore kind of widely um, I, because I do picture books, everything in between, and then books for adults. Uh, the one thing I'm working on right now is trying to learn a little bit of screenwriting. I really I have my three novels that are set in the 1920s, historical fiction up on Rainy Lake, and those are Frozen, Ice Out, and Waterfall. And my <laughs> my dream might might be. <laughs> um, I say it kind of tentatively, and that would be, I would love to see this area depicted in like a television series. Um, to say Downton Abbey is, is like to be is rather lofty. But, you know, something that does show the social stratas of life, the conflict, the prohibition, everything that was going on in the early 1920s, um, you know, a whole decade could be depicted easily up here. And so that's, I'm working on that. And then I have a couple of picture books that, um, that were influenced by the North Woods here, and those will be coming out oh, in the next few years. I think we're still working on finding the, the right illustrator for these books. So I've always got my hand in something. Could you hear me grinning widely? Because I think that would be perfect. I think you're right. I think it would be great to see that that region yeah. and that time period. Well, thank you. I appreciate that response, Heidi. Yeah. Because I do, I do need a little courage. One, 
I mean, I really do believe it's great as a, in, in any kind of creative work. It's great to do what scares you. It's great to go outside of your comfort zone. And this puts me well outside of my comfort zone, trying to to really dream bigger and, and learn some skills along the way to make that happen. But I'm excited. Um, every time I start a, a novel or a picture book, it often starts with um, an inkling, a feeling, a sense that there's something there. And I really have that sense that this could be something that could be developed into into a series for uh, for television. And uh, so, you know what? Um, let's I'll, I'll throw your hope in along with mine, and maybe something will happen. Oh, well, and again, you know, in terms of there's Voyages National Park, which is mm-hmm. what means that you have a huge region looking untouched, and you have historic places that I use in my book that could be settings, you know, so it all feels serious. It all feels very possible. And so I'm going to, I'm going to lean into that possibility. Minnesota author, Mary Casanova, you can find more information at her website, marycasanova.com. In addition to the library tour that continues this week for the Arrowhead Library System, that includes libraries in Coleraine and Grand Rapids and Marble and Babbitt. She is also offering Once again, this summer, a young writer's workshop for young women from 9th to 12th grade. You can find more information on that at her website. There may be a few openings left. Go to marycasanova.com. Thanks for listening to the Between You and Me podcast on KAXE, made possible by the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund and the Citizens of Minnesota, with music by Sam Milton. <music>